from but that's what I'm saying like I had a, a great job in New York I went through a transition period where like I was like almost to what that salary was but at this point from a year ago my where I am now it has doubled so for me looking for remote opportunities was a huge career leap for me Hey there, what's up you guys? My name is Mick Karshofsky and welcome to episode 19 of That Remote Show where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Caroline Lloyd, a good friend of mine and someone who I was really excited to have on because she represents a part of the location-independent world that I have not yet covered and that is full-time remote workers. In the past, I've always focused on entrepreneurs who have been able to become location independent through their businesses, and that will remain the focus, but I really wanted to have Caroline on so we can hear about the other side of the industry and how you can become a digital nomad and enjoy all the perks of that world while never having to start a business, lose health insurance, or cut your income and and continue to make really great money. So in this episode, you'll hear about all all about why Caroline decided to quit her job, her high-ranking job in New York City to pursue a location-independent life, the top tips for finding awesome remote job opportunities, and how she was able to double her income from her previous job. That's right, you guys, you do not need to take a pay cut to become location-independent. In fact, you could be earning way more. And this was such an awesome conversation, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear all about it. So let's jump right into this interview with Caroline Lloyd. All right. Well, Caroline, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing well. Well, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast. I'm super excited that you're here because... I realized that in the last like what like 19 episodes or so I've only talked to people who are either entrepreneurs or business owners who've been able to become location independent and with doing that I'm missing an entire like section of people who become location independent not Mm -hmm. through entrepreneurship Um, and so I'm super happy to have you on because you have a full-time location independent job yep. uh, which allows you to be here in bulgaria where we are right now yep uh so that's awesome so thank you for being on yeah thanks i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah so before we jump in um why don't you tell people where we are right now and why we're here well we're in varna bulgaria right now um and we're here because of you mitko <laughs> <laughs> i just dragged you guys yeah here. <laughs> originally so um about a year ago, I guess, Ian, my boyfriend, and I were planning a, a big trip and a big life transition um, for kind of the both of us, but more so for me. Um, and he called you, his friend, and was asking basically for recommendations. And 
you guys offered for us to come and visit you guys. So we came last year. We're familiar with Varna now. Um, and we are actually back here again this year um, as part of a life nomading trip. Um, so And what's life nomading? So life nomading, um, Ian, my boyfriend, founded. Um, and we do a lot of different travel-related activities. Um, so we also offer group trips as one arm of life nomading. Um, so we take, you know, six to 10 people. It's a very small group, a very intimate group. And we go to a location, basically plan all of the basic logistics, um, and kind of give people a rough itinerary, but also encourage a lot of exploring and adventuring on their own. Um, so the whole point is to kind of open up new destinations for people, um, to, you know, figure out the lay of the land in in a destination that they wouldn't otherwise be traveling to. So that's why you, you came to Varna and, and convinced what, like six <laughs> other individuals to yeah. follow suit. Yeah. yeah, well, we had such a great time last year. And you guys had kind of offered that to us to show us around in a place that we wouldn't normally have traveled. Um, and we wanted to recreate that in this location for our group travelers. Yeah, so right now we're recording in the room of two people <laughs> who are going to be on the trip who haven't gotten here yet. So thank nice you for lending us your room. space. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So you mentioned that you and Ian about a year ago were planning kind of like a lifestyle change for yourself. Mm -hmm. And you said specifically for you, Mm -hmm. what made you like, why, why do that? Like where, where were you at that point in your life? Like where were you living and why did you decide to make that switch? Yeah. So I, um, was living and is, I'm still partially living in New York City. Um, I moved to New York right after I graduated from college um, and had a couple of jobs that I transitioned to. Um, The job that I was in a year ago, like today basically, um, was something that I had worked for for a very long time since I graduated from college. Um, It was in a nonprofit dance organization um, and I had kind of worked my way up from an intern into a, a pretty powerful position in the organization, a very large nonprofit. Um, and that was kind of my dream, I guess, at the time. I'd always been involved in the arts and the dance field uh, with also an interest in business, specifically arts administration and nonprofit management. And I had gotten there and I was 24 at the time. And that was like kind of the highest that I could go in that line of trajectory that I was working towards Mm -hmm. um and it just didn't seem right that that was the case and I felt like I needed change um and I had I'm the type of person that finds a goal and works towards it and that is my main focus for a very long time. And so I hadn't really traveled very much. Um, and I met Ian and we started dating and he's a very adventurous person that loves to travel so much. And, um, it seemed like a really good fit and a really great time in my life to start living in that capacity. So, I mean, okay. What did Ian say? (laughs) What did he do? Because that's a pretty dramatic shift where you were working in, you know, you were, like you said, like in that, pretty powerful position in a job in New York that you had been gunning for your whole life. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a dream scenario. You know, you had achieved kind of like what you wanted to achieve at an early age. Yeah. What did Ian say? Like what really resonated with you so much that you were like, screw this, we're going to go live and travel. And, you know, um, I guess it was kind of more so like 
you know, when you meet your hero and it's not exactly what you want it to be. Um, I was working well over, you know, 60 hours a week for a job that I really believed in and was really passionate about, but didn't really give me the return that I needed. Um, so, you know, at that point in time, you like, you just start questioning, like, why am I still doing this? Um, when I have other interests, obviously. And, um, I think I had been a little bit too narrow-minded which is kind of the flaw in a type a personality Mm. um and i started to you know realizing that there are a lot of other industries in the world in new york um and at the time i wasn't necessarily only looking for remote jobs um i decided to leave my position in new york and we had planned a two-month trip Um, and I didn't know if I was going to come back and get another office job. I had some, I had been applying for some of those. Um, but then once I actually started traveling, um, I realized that this is something that I like, I wanted to continue doing. Mm. Um, and Ian had that flexibility already and I wanted to continue that. So did you, when last year, when you went on that two month long trip, Mm-hmm. When you left for it, you had basically quit your job. Yeah. And you were going to come back with no plans. I, was that like you were coming back to New York and you were like, I don't know what's going to happen when we come back. Is that what the situation was? Basically, or I was going to spend two months looking for positions mm. um, and, you know, come back and, you know, maybe do like a final in-person interview if all had gone well and, you know maybe go back into an office somewhere. So was that stressful? Like that were those two months that were supposed to be kind of like a vacation? Like, were you stressed? Like, what was that like? Uh, and what was leaving that job like without really knowing what was going to be next? Cause uh, that's a pretty ballsy move. You terrifying. Know? Yeah. Terrifying. I actually, there were so many of my friends who, you know, you want them to be supportive, but you can tell that they're kind of hesitant of like, are you, have you really thought this through all the way? Um, my parents were super supportive though. Um, and I really think that, you know, one of the things that not to, you know, bring him up again, but one of the things that Ian really instilled in me is like a confidence, um, because I've, you know, working in the arts and in the nonprofit world, you're kind of just mm, like, you're just another body to do as much possible work for not, you know, competitive pay. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the industry that's kind of like not brainwashed, but you know, like it's the in mentality, your, yeah, yeah, that's the mentality. You're doing service work basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you're doing something for like the greater good. And yeah, the, yeah. which I love. And right. I, I'm still very passionate about that today, but um, that does kind of get into your brain until you step out and realize I can make a much more competitive salary somewhere else and I am talented and have the skills to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, leaving that job was definitely scary, but um, I felt like I had a good supportive community around me. Um and I was confident that I would be able to get a job. Um, so, you know, the application process is grueling mentally, especially if you don't have a job. Um, so most people, it kind of lingers on for longer than you want it to. Um, but I think that's also because 
you're working and looking for yeah, a new job no at the overlap. same time. Yeah. So I, my job on that trip was to find a new job. Yeah. So how did you get started? Like, where did you start looking for work? Because I have a memory <laughs> of the, of the four of us being in Suzopo. Mm-hmm. And I remember you having to like stay home one night because you had an interview at like, I mean, it was, you know, in Bulgarian time, it was like 8 PM or something like that. Yeah. So how did you get started and like, where were you looking for work and what, like, just what was that like? Yeah. Um, you definitely learn very quickly, um, where to look. Um, and by that point in time that you mentioned, I, I knew that I wanted to have a remote position. So I was only looking for remote jobs then. Um, okay. Before we jump into what I had asked you previously, why did you decide to go that route instead of like going like the other route? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that I just, you know, saw the possibilities. I think also like meeting you and Sarah and seeing your lifestyle and that like you had made it work. Um, and you know, I did my own research because that's the type of person that I am. And you know, there were lots of opportunities that I started to find. Mm. Um, and you realize Ian wasn't crazy and delusional. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I, um, once you start looking for jobs in the remote world, you find so many more that mm-hmm. like you just don't think about on a daily basis. Um, so I had enough to keep myself busy applying for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually then entered my mind as a viable option. So and then I followed that path. Um, in terms of like looking for jobs, though, um, I had been familiar with like AngelList before because I was, like I said, looking for normal jobs. And what's AngelList? AngelList is kind of a registry of startups, um, but they have really powerful like search tools for job postings. Um, And within the startup world, I feel like there's this whole movement for remote work. Um, So even if you filter it down to only remote jobs in your skill set area, um, there's so many and they're constantly being updated. Um, so I found a good amount on there. Um, and from there, I mean, you just start finding other websites too, like remote.co. Um, we work remotely, uh, yeah, I have so a many. whole, I have like a whole blog post on the website. I can actually, I'll... I think I found your post oh, and really? started there. And then... Did I send it to you or did you find it like... I think Ian recommended... Okay. Ian was like, you should look on Mitko's website. But I think I started there and then there's so many other really yeah. super small ones. That are very like niche depending on mm-hmm. like what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So... And I... we'll link, we'll link that blog post uh, in the show notes. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I actually, um, the, the job that I have now, my full-time job came from AngelList. It didn't come from this round. Um, Mm. so actually while I was looking for jobs on the trip last year, I ended up getting a part-time remote job, um, that I still have on the side. Um, and that kind of sustained me through getting a full-time job. And where did you find that job? That one I actually found on ZipRecruiter, okay. <laughs> um, which was like kind of odd. Um, but there's, like I said, like there's so many options. It doesn't have to just be mm-hmm. um, 
you know, like full-time startup remote jobs. I think the the great thing about finding a part-time job and on other platforms that aren't just for remote work um, is that you can kind of start there and get some remote experience, which is it's good to have when you're applying to larger full-time roles. Yeah. Do they ask like, um, like for you to have remote experience? Like, is that like something that you found was really important to these like full-time positions? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like when you go through job searches like that, you end up feeling like an expert, but I would say yes. (laughs) Um, and sometimes they actually ask about it and sometimes they don't in the interview Mm -hmm. process. Um, most of the time I actually found, um, in the interview process, they would only work, like ask a question of like, how do you, how do you like work remotely best or what were some challenges that you found? So even if you don't have like official remote experience I felt good applying to those jobs because I mean my office job we had two locations Mm -hmm. so in a way you're communicating with more than half the staff through chatting and email anyways Um, so there are ways I feel like to answer that interview question and angle it in a way that makes you sound like you are fully prepared for that environment Mm. what do you feel like are some of the the tips that you would like give to other people who are also looking for like a remote job like this based on like you know you having gone through like the interview process like what did you learn that you think might help other people who are trying to do the same thing who don't have remote experience um i actually the reason that i got my full-time job um is kind of a funny story i I had been applying for like two months, um, like really intensely looking for jobs. Um, and I had a couple of interviews and in the startup world, a lot of people just kind of drop the ball on hiring. Um, what <laughs> do you mean? Uh, I ended up interviewing with a company that I felt really good about and I kept waiting for them to get back to me because I really felt good about it. And they didn't. And I eventually had to move on mm-hmm. like three or four weeks had passed. And then since you had done your interview and kind of. Yeah. Um, and I followed up and they didn't respond and I followed up again and they didn't respond. And I eventually just moved on and went through an interview process with the company that I work for now and got that offer. And was, I'm very happy there. Mm-hmm. But then like a week after I got my full time job that first people came back with an offer and it was just like uh, kind of a bad sign, honestly, (laughs) but you know, startups have a lot going on. Mm. Um, and that's not to say that like you shouldn't or you should like hang on to something you feel really good about because they may actually just, you know, really ghost you. Yeah. Um, but they're, you know, things happen in startups where like a month goes by and you really have to turn your focus towards something and the hiring process gets put on a back burner. Mm. What were some of the other difficulties that you experienced? Cause I, I feel like I get like, I will have people that ask me like, you know, like what's the best way to find like a remote job? And I'm like, just start looking for remote jobs, mm-hmm. you know, and like applying. Mm-hmm. And I feel like very few people either actually do it or like follow through and i'm not really sure why and i'm and i'm I'm guessing that there's probably some difficulties so what were some of those difficulties that people can like expect and be prepared for 
if they want to go down this route. I, I honestly, I don't think it's any different than applying for a normal job. Um, I think you just have to keep at it. You know, it's like sending cold emails mm-hmm. if you're in sales. Like you have to send a hundred before you get five to respond. Um, but I would also say that, you know, be smart about what you're applying for because the job that I have right now could not have fit more perfectly with my experience. Um, so I think recruiters or like HR people that are reading these applications, they can tell when you're bullshitting it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, That's what they're like trained for, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I think I'm pretty good at it. And like, I actually like did go through some interviews and like it, it didn't feel right because I was just applying to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a balance. Like you want to be putting as many applications out there as possible, but you also want to make sure that you're staying genuine to what you want to be doing. So just because it's remote doesn't mean that it's what you want to be doing. Right, right. Do you feel like there is a certain skill set that lends itself better to working remotely? We've talked about this before, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I mean, in terms of like the transition for me, I think it was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that I am, you know, like I said, like a type A kind of personality. And I also think that if you're disciplined, mm-hmm. it's going to be easy. If you're not... Um, Sure, there's going to be a transition time period, um, but I really think that it it comes from the dedication that you have to the job, mm-hmm. and that's why I say like make sure it's something that you actually want to put your career behind. Mm. Um, because if you're not excited about the work, being in a remote setting is probably the worst thing that you can do for getting things done. Yeah. It's really easy to get distracted if it's something that you're not interested in. So easy. And I think making sure that you jive with the rest of the team is also really important because you want to have that commitment to them. Mm -hmm. I think with remote teams, I also, I feel like guilty Sometimes that I'm letting the rest of the team down when I don't put in 100% of my work effort behind the work that I'm doing. So, you know, making sure that you're like in a team that you can work well with and that you feel trustworthy of and like very communicative is Mm -hmm. important. When you were looking for work, did you feel like there were more opportunities for remote work in different fields of work and the reason that i ask for that is that you're not a developer Mm-mm. right and i i think that a lot of people like think oh well i'm not a web developer and i don't make apps so i can't be remote mm-hmm. what do you think about that with your background i mean that's to me is kind of a cop out for people that start the job application process and like don't dig too deep mm-hmm. <laughs> because when you first look at it it's like I, all of the job postings are, you know, all UI, UX, I don't even know, Ruby on Rails. (laughs) (laughs) Any, any other keywords you want to throw? Yeah, there's there's so many. Um, and you just keep seeing all of those, but I think 
you know, to not get totally devastated that like and give up, just like start finding the best way to filter through those jobs because they're there. Mm -hmm. There's so many. Um, and I, I like, am not a salesy salesperson, but like technically what I'm doing is sales. Um, so there's definitely that out there. There's a whole lot of like community management, um, customer success is also a great thing. I didn't have as much experience in that. Um, but the great thing is that a lot of like startups, um, that do hire remotely are environments where they open up a whole new world for you to learn about. Um, so right now I'm kind of transitioning into customer success. So, you know, in a couple of years, if I ever want to leave the job that I'm in right now, I now have that skill set behind me. Mm, yeah. In terms of, I, I think that that's actually an issue that's been noticed by other people in the remote space that like it feels like all the jobs are for web developers mm -hmm. or programmers or whatever and there's a really good job board called uh dynamitejobs.co i yeah. think i'll link it up uh but that's all specifically or heavily leaning towards like non developer jobs so if you're somebody who feels like all you can see are developer jobs and check that out first because they do kind of like lean on marketers and salespeople and content creators etc 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 so mm -hmm. uh, that's a good one did you get the chance to check out that one or yeah um that one is that that's tropical yeah it's MBA. the guys that are behind yeah 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 i looked at that one and then there's another one i still get their emails i don't remember what it maybe it's on here because there's also one that oh, is team, it, team just remote is also okay. a good one. Yeah. There's a few of the people who like Peter levels from uh, nomad list. He has his own, but that one obviously like leans towards developers, I think, because that's his background. Mm -hmm. So it just depends. Like, and if you look out there, you know, like, like we said earlier, I have a blog post that's all about this, but there's literally like a hundred other blog posts that list out like hundreds of job boards because it's becoming so much more popular that now you just kind of, you know, gotta, gotta move through it. Yeah. So how long did it take you to sort of get to a point where you felt like not relaxed, but like, okay, this is real. Like this is sustainable, you know? And like, I guess, did you start feeling that way when you got your full-time job? And if so, like how long did that take from the moment that you started like looking for a remote job? Yeah, so when we got back from our two-month trip, I only had this part-time remote job, and I was living in New York City, so that wasn't going to sustain yeah. me. <laughs> so um, I had that part-time remote job, and then I also started doing some part-time um, like bookkeeping stuff, which was in person, but it was kind of scattered. Mm -hmm. um, so like I you still were freelancing, essentially. Basically. Um, and so when we wanted to like officially move on to like, being totally location independent, not having an apartment. Um, I got really serious about getting a full-time remote job or at least a second part-time so that I could, you know, make mm -hmm. a substantial income that I could live off of. Um, so I started that process and it took me three months total. Um, I had I ended up getting three offers in that time frame, though. Um, the first one fell through because I started negotiating, you know, salary with them and it didn't feel right. So mm -hmm. I let that one go. Um, and then the job that I have now and then the one that came in after I accepted that one. Um, 
so pretty good <laughs> for three months. Yeah, it's um, pretty fast. Yeah. I, but I will say that uh, the reason that I think the reason that I got the job that I have now is a nice little trick. And I'm going to share it. And if people start doing this a Wait, lot. Wait, should we like, put it behind like a paywall? Yeah, or, you know, yeah. Like five a, bucks like and content. I'll give you yeah, my yeah. trick. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but it was actually, I had gotten alert an alert on my an email from AngelList. Because um, you can set up alerts for like specific search filters like that you save. Okay. Yeah. So you like make a filter and then you can save it. And then every time that a new one pops up, they email you. Um, and I got an email for Right Gift, the company that I now work for. And it was just perfect for me. They work with nonprofits. They work with charities. Um, but it's still a, a tech startup um, and just really fit with everything with my background and my skill set. So I didn't want to screw it up. <laughs> um, and I instead of AngelList is weird because you can't send in your like resume and um, unless the job posting itself has a formal like here are the steps that you need to take to apply you basically just send the company uh, like hi my name is letter or like note through AngelList mm. um, and I didn't think that that any note that I sent would do it justice for like how much this fits for mm -hmm. me. Um, so I sent them a loom video, uh, which loom is a great, you know, software that you can use. You can record videos, um, and send them a URL. It's really quick and easy. You can do screen shares. Um, it's a great tool. Uh, and it's free. Yeah. And we'll, we'll link that. And the other thing that I think is really nice, cause I've used loom for like outreach before mm -hmm. is, uh, you get a notification when they yes. watch it which is always like, <laughs> did they watch it or have they opened the email like you know it's all, yeah. it solves that issue right there yeah so um i just said like hey this is who i am this is my background i'm really excited about this opportunity um and you know here's a little video about me so that you can basically it's the person sending the video skipping a step of like a email job application and mm. going straight to you know a face-to-face -face interview um which is great for people like me because i feel like as soon as i can get into an interview setting you know you just turn on the charm and then you got yeah. the job <laughs> um so that was great for me and they loved it my views on that went up from like the first one and then it was like five so they had passed it around their oh, entire leadership yeah. team um and you know, the rest was history from there. Um, so that is my secret. If you are really good at interviews <laughs> and are really excited about a job. Um, so, yeah. I think the the interesting thing about that is um, there's a statistic out there. I'm going to butcher the statistic, but it's something like 60 or 70% of job applications never reach the yes. internet or like the market. Like most of them are filled by like, oh, somebody within the company is going to say like, oh, I know someone that's a perfect fit for this. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you almost kind of did the same thing where you immediately kind of like jumped the filter. Like yeah. you're like, nope, I'm going to just reach out right away. Yeah. And that's like the biggest thing, you know, just trying to separate yourself from everyone else, especially if it's like a really highly trafficked company mm -hmm. for jobs or in like everyone wants to look like you want to like work at Zapier. Like, yeah, yeah. everyone does. Right, <laughs> they right. have great work culture. Um, but just anything to separate yourself. And Loom was it for me. And did you, when you sent that video, like, did you reference, like, I saw this on 
uh, like AngelList or, or did you not mention that at all? Well, I sent it through AngelList because they didn't have, oh, okay. they just had the job posting on their AngelList profile and a lot of companies just posted on there. And so the only way to actually apply is through AngelList, which they only give you that text box. Yeah. That's only like a certain amount of characters. Oh, so I was thinking that you went to the website and then found contact information and kind of like went totally around. No, it was through AngelList because okay. they didn't even have the job posting on their website. Huh? Yeah. Another top tip if anybody wants to or feels like they want to go around all of that and they want to find the contact information of a website, there's uh, a Chrome extension called Hunter. Yes. I think it's hunter.io or yes. hunter.io. I love yeah. Hunter. And you can, it literally goes in your browser. And when you're on a website, you click on it and it will list out all of the emails that are associated with that website and the success rate percentage, mm -hmm. which is nice because you can kind of see like, oh, this one is a hundred percent or a 20%, you know, which one's more likely to work. Yeah. So that's good. Have you, did you ever like do interviews like, like that? Or like, would you just say like stick with like the, like through angel list and that sort of thing? Um, I mean, if, if they have a job posting anywhere, it's mm -hmm. fair game. You know, if they're not clear and specific about how to apply, you know, be resourceful. Yeah. Cause that also shows that you figured it out. <laughs> Did you ever like do, I, I see a lot of like these cool hip companies on their website have like, want to join the team, like, right. And they don't necessarily have like a, a job opening, but they kind of have like, Oh yeah. Send us an email. Tell yeah. us about yourself. Did you ever do that? Like, did you ever like hear back if you did do that? Um, I think I sent in like one or two of those. Um, but I, I do know from like personal experience, like that's kind of like a cop out for the company almost mm. of like, yeah, like if you're like super great, <laughs> then like cool. But like, if you just want to like, you know, run our business development like we don't have the money to pay you for that <laughs> oh okay i see i had a i met a guy who um you were saying if they're super great i met this guy there's a in cincinnati there's a brewery that we went to called Rheingeist, right we yeah. took you to Rheingeist. yeah and i met a guy there who was there like part of their marketing department like pretty high up and i was just talking to him and i was like so how'd you end up working for a brewery and he's like well i went to harvard law school and i graduated with like <laughs> the top notch like whatever and just decided i didn't want to do law because i was going to hate my life and so he walked into the brewery and basically said like i want to speak with somebody who is in hiring and he basically told him he graduated harvard law and they're like yeah consider so yourself hired like we'll find you a spot on the team cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah so that's funny no, that's, I feel like that's great in person. Right. Yeah. But the, that's the, the like, send us an email if you want to work mm. here is kind of like the transition into the, that digital side, but mm. I don't think it translates quite as well. Gotcha. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe if I would have sent a loom video for one of those, yeah. it'd be a different story. Who knows? Well, something to try, you know? Yeah. So now that you are remote, mm -hmm. you are, you know, fully location independent. We're here in Bulgaria where, you know, we're on the other side of the world, essentially from your job. Mm -hmm. What are the benefits? Like what have been like the nice things that have happened? And then what are some of the difficulties as well of doing this? Cause it's not all rainbows and butterflies, right? Sure. So what are like some of the like cool things and, or let's do the difficulties first and then finish <laughs> on the good notes. Um, I am still tied to like, 
Eastern Standard Time or like U.S. time zone just to like communicate with people. Um, so the I you know it's the double edged sword. I get my mornings for free, for free. I get my <laughs> I get my mornings free uh, to kind of like do what I want. Um, and then I have like a late lunch and then work for the rest of the evening. So. Um, yeah, that's a great thing and also a bad thing sometimes if you want to like drink a little bit on the weekday evenings um, mm. and you're still kind of working. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's great because we like if we're changing destinations or like wherever we're going to, like you can travel all day and then get to a new spot and like you're not taking a day off or anything like mm. that. Um, so that's great. Um is that the only thing? Yeah, the only no, negative? there's so many good things though. Oh, negative? Is that the only negative? Yeah, like is that the only thing that's been a struggle? Um, yeah. I mean, thus far. Um that's like the the biggest thing, but it's also kind of a good thing at the same time. Um I guess like one thing to say there is if you're because I'm somebody who I cannot work at night. Mm-hmm. Like I just I can't do it, you know? And that's something that you need to be aware of. And I think that's why like a lot of companies ask for like remote experience mm-hmm. so that you can learn that, you know yeah. what I mean? And then when you are job searching, like my job doesn't have that. Like I have the ability to work during the day and then usually like I'll have like, I'll leave like one or two hours of overlap when like the, the rest of the team is awake and I can kind of answer quick questions. Yeah. Um, so that works out really well for me, but you wouldn't know that unless you had some remote experience. You right. Know? So what are some of the benefits then of, you know, working remotely or uh, like your, your top benefits, your top three benefits, let's say. Uh, I don't know how to choose. There's, there's like so many, I think not having to put up with like dumb office bullshit <laughs> is definitely a benefit. And I can speak to that from working in an office. Um, I think there's so much wasted time on, you know, we used to have like seating charts and like people being passive aggressive about like which desk you sit at in my office. Um, and also like, you know, you learn how to be concise if you have questions for people. Um, so when people come to you with questions, it's not going to take, you know, half my work day. I just answer it and then keep doing my job. So I feel like there's a whole level of efficiency in the actual work that you're doing that I love because I used to hate that kind of stuff. Because everybody's got something better to do, you know, like, yes. (laughs) Um, especially like I used to get pulled away for like interns that have questions and you have to like go out and walk them through certain things like there just has to be like a higher level across the board of like I show you once you know how to do it if you have questions ask me something very specific and I will answer concisely mm-hmm. um so I love that <laughs> that's not really like a you know like a fun travel <laughs> work thing. No, but it's, but, but it's, it's, in, it's interesting that that comes first, you know, that, you know, that's important. Yeah. Um, on like a personal level though, um, I don't know. I get to spend time with the people that I like spending time with, you know, and it doesn't mm. have to be coworkers. I'm my coworkers are lovely and I'm sure that we would get <laughs> along in an office space, but like really choosing who your coworkers are is amazing. And mm. I feel like I've learned so much about 
you know, like other spaces and like can offer suggestions on, you know, areas that you work in or Sarah works in or Ian's really like smart about um, and like kind of hear your work stories and then implement them into Mm. other areas of where I'm working. So because you're working with people who maybe do other things, but you're working together with them, you can kind of like pull things away and like bring them back to. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. natural in, in working spaces or, you know, like with several remote people, we we're working in very different mm-hmm. industries and there's certain tactics that, you know, maybe just haven't cross pollinated with my industry, but I can hear, you know, you say something about your work day and something that's happening and learn more about that and be like, that would be a great fit for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, beneficial honestly if remote workers work with other remote workers Mm -hmm. so um, that's been kind of cool to see this year yeah what about like in terms of like a like a travel like benefits yeah like how has that been you know traveling and working it you get to travel that's (laughs) the benefit (laughs) um yeah i don't that really truly is a benefit i feel like i am personally fulfilled and also fulfilled from my career at the same time. And I think those two things, if you're at a happiness level with both of them, like, you know, sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and one last question before we start wrapping up, I think a lot of people feel like if they were to do this, they're kind of turning their back on their career or on their goals. And, it, and, and I think especially with like, families might think that you know like you say that you're gonna go do this thing and your family's like oh there goes that one you know like yeah do you feel like that's true or do you feel like you are like that that's false and that you are in fact like not like like strengthening your resume and strengthening your career path i i definitely am and i think the family point you know is tricky because There is a transition period, just like anything else. But when you go through a transition period where you're, you know, only working part time or no one can really understand what you're doing and then you get a new full time job that really does advance your career, it's easy for people in your life to just still think that you're kind of unemployed. (laughs) (laughs) I think. Yeah, I know Uh, what you're talking about. So like. Yeah, I had a couple of months where like it was shaky, but I was looking for a job. And now that I have a job, but it's very different than a traditional job. It's easy to to keep me in that little box for family or friends that are watching. Um, but I at, at this point in my life from last year, my salary has doubled, which wow. is and just a is- great little statistic without going into too much detail if you don't want to but what was that like compared to your like new york regular job because i i think and i tell people this all the time is they're like i will like cut my salary and stuff i'm like no don't like don't reach Mm -mm. for that first you know Mm -mm. like has it increased since you left like your new york job no it's doubled it oh it's doubled from your new york job no from my new york job Oh, okay from but that's what i'm saying like i had a a great job Mm -hmm. in new york i went through a transition period where like i was like almost to what that salary was but Mm -hmm. at this point from a year ago my where i am now it has doubled wow so for me looking for remote opportunities was a huge career leap for me which is great 
Well, not just that, but you're also not living in New York. Yeah. You know, you're in places like Bulgaria yeah. where rent is 300 euro per month. Yes. Not whatever, however many thousand you're paying in New York for an apartment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so you're able to put money aside and save up and kind of, you know, or level up your lifestyle and live like a baller for a little bit for, you know, half the price still. So, yeah. 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 So that's, you know, and I am now like double salary and also like you can have health benefits while working remote. Like that is truly a possibility. Mm -hmm. And it's, it seems like a far off dream for people that like don't know much about this space, but it's possible. And I think it's only going to get bigger. Like there are a lot of benefits for companies to hire remote workers because you don't have to be in the office. I mean, you being a body in the office is a cost. Like you Mm -hmm. take up space, you are taking up, you know, like, like it sounds weird, but you're taking up AC, you're taking up like, and that comes out of your salary. I like, I think that is why, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there is room for, you know, higher, like paying your employees more while being remote. Yeah. Cause the overhead is lower. So, yeah. so I think like now is like the time, like if this is something that you want to do, like it's only going to get bigger. And like you said, remote experience is important. So kind of dipping your toes and, you know, sticking out and seeing if like this is something that you want to do is actually like a really good, could be a really good career move. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it because I really think that this is an, an avenue that we haven't really covered here on this podcast before, but it is a very real way to be location independent uh any final words to anybody out there who is listening to this and maybe considering jumping in the remote lifestyle um i would say do it try it but uh keep the same integrity as if you were working somewhere else Mm. does that make sense that makes sense i get it yeah keep pushing yeah. yeah, but like you don't have to downgrade what you can offer in order to get a remote job. Well, there it is. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for being on again. Uh, I really appreciate it. Let's uh, let's go get some beers. Yeah. <laughs>